Today is Monday, January 4th. The title for our devotional is The Foundation of Christian Living. Yesterday, in our Sunday service, we began the second half of our Among Us campaign by digging into Romans chapter 12. Paul's letter to the Romans has been one of the most influential books in the history of the church, and personally one of my favorites. It's very deep theologically, and based on that theology, it is incredibly practical for our lives even today. It was in studying the book of Romans that Martin Luther recovered the doctrine of salvation by grace alone through faith for the church. For the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at Romans 12 through, hopefully, chapter 14 and into 15. This week, we'll be working our way through chapter 12. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The first thing you should notice, if I've taught you anything about Bible study, is the therefore. What do we do when we find a therefore? You got it. You find out what it's there for. (laughs) It's a good pastor joke, right? Here it's pointing back to the theology of the previous 11 chapters of the book. Chapter 12 begins what we would call the application section of the letter. Paul has spent the first 11 chapters deeply expounding on the theology of Israel's history and how that relates to salvation today through Jesus. Instead of me spending a ton of time on this, be sure to check out the Bible Project video I've linked you to below. This is further seen in the next phrase. He says, by the mercies of God. First, note that Paul doesn't base his appeal on his own apostolic authority, which he could. He bases it instead on the mercy of God in salvation. So what are the mercies of God? Well, that's a loaded question that Paul has just spent 11 whole chapters expounding. With this statement, he invites his readers to remember what he has just said, the primary theme being the incredible grace and mercy of God for humanity. Chapters 1 through 4, especially, especially 1, 18 through 3, 8, Paul makes clear that all humanity is trapped in sin and in need of salvation. Romans 3.9 says this, What shall we conclude then? So this is his conclusion to that section. Do we have any advantage? Not at all. Speaking of his Israelite nationality. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. God accomplishes the salvation through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, freely by his grace. This is to be received by his people through faith. Romans 3, 22-24 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. In this, God has made those who have faith in Him alive in Christ and given them the Holy Spirit. That see chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, and chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Going further even into the mercies of God in Romans 9 through 11, Paul makes it explicitly clear that the salvation of his chosen people is a work of God's mercy. A quick search of the word mercy in Romans reveals most of the hits to be in chapters 9 through 11. Here's a few for your reference. 
Romans 9, 15 to 16 says, For he says to Moses, and he quotes the Old Testament, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, Paul writes, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Romans 9.18 says this, So then, he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Romans 11.30-32 says, For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Without diving fully into the context of what he's talking about in that last reference in Romans chapter 11, uh, can get a little confusing. What he's talking about is the history of Jew and Gentile relations and how the tables have somewhat turned where the Jews are now being disobedient to God and receiving, um, and, and the Gentiles are receiving God's mercy, whereas the Jews had received it before. But he summarizes it in verse 32 again, where he says, For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. So Paul thinks a lot of God's mercy, as we see in those references. At the outset here, we must note that it is Paul's theology that dictates his behavior. That is the nerdy, the nerdy way of saying it is that orthodoxy, that is right thinking, determines orthopraxy, that is right living. So throughout this study, we will be referencing back to what Paul has said in the previous 11 chapters to see the theology in which Paul bases his ethical imperatives. We should also note that the word translated brothers here can refer to women as well. It's not restricted to only men, which the NIV translates it, brothers and sisters. This makes good sense with the context of the whole letter, since at the end of the letter, Paul exchanges pleasantries with his readers and addresses many women in the congregation. For additional content today, as I said earlier, I've linked you to the Bible Project video on Romans chapters 5 through 16. They'll recap what they talked about in chapter in the chapter 1 through 4 video as well, so this will give you a good rundown of the book of Romans, so you're familiar with author, context, and reason for writing, and all of that stuff. So be sure to give that video a watch. For reflection time today, to fully grasp grasp the mercy of God, we must first grasp our own sinfulness and rebellion against God and consider the punishment that we deserve for our sinfulness. Once we have done that, then we can begin to understand the mercy of God. So read through some of those verses again that I read and think deeply on how God has shown mercy, not only to you, but to the whole world. Give him thanks for his mercy shown you. Tomorrow, we will explore the proper response to his mercy, which Paul outlines in this text.